You're listening to the Be Fox and Be Frank show. No ranked games over the weekend between ranked on ranked teams, but there was quite a bit of chaos in the college football landscape. Anyway, we have to start with what on paper looks like one of the most ridiculous things to happen in a very ridiculous sport um, in quite some time, and that is Illinois beating Penn State 20 to 18 in nine overtimes. Yes, that is a thing that actually happened. Um, not the prettiest game, certainly, um, especially once you got to the overtime period with the new rules after second overtime. But big win for Illinois, big win for Burt to get his 100th, and uh, another very tough pill to swallow for Penn State. Yeah, happy for Burt. Definitely did not anticipate. Well, let's let's not go that far. I was standing, as we some of us may know, I, I took a weekend venture uh, over to Niagara Falls, America's apparently in the 30s. It was the number one honeymoon spot in America, which is a fun fact. But they had a sports book in the hotel I stayed at. I was standing in line thinking, like, I have a couple 20s. Like, maybe I'll just drop a 20 on a long shot college football team. And Illinois was the first that came to mind. And I'm like, you know what? I'll put 20 on Illinois money line and just go from there. See how the rest of my day goes. As I get up to the front of the line, I decide to back out and leave. Completely leave. So that I'm stuck the rest of the day having some people text me the score of the game as I am enjoying uh, the natural beauty of Niagara Falls. So uh, wanting to jump into the water whilst also uh, realizing that it, it isn't really a loss for me was, was quite the mix of emotions. To the actual game, I tuned in at the fifth overtime to see that Illinois had run for something like a thousand yards on the game, and to see that they had yet to try to run the ball in in any of the overtimes was astounding. Uh, the fact that Penn State could not convert from two yards out consistently against an Illinois defense that really isn't good speaks volumes, and I think it's it is the microcosm of what has happened over the past few weeks to Penn State. Like they have been riding a high since season. Uh, they have been riding a high for most of this season, playing really well, looking like a true contender in the Big Ten, and maybe even a chance at the playoffs still, only to fall flat just because they can't get it done offensively, which has been their problem this entire season, especially without Clifford. You see this game, and that was my first thought um, when I saw the game was going to overtime. It's like, all right, you know, they looked pretty abysmal against Iowa after Clifford went down. But I thought Clifford played the entire game. They just could not run the ball, and you compare that to Illinois, there was almost 300 yards difference on the ground. I think it finished 357 to 62. Um, so just... Speaking on the one hand, how much Illinois dominated the line of scrimmage offensively, how good Chase Brown was. Um, but you get into the overtime period, and especially once you're going back and forth trading two-point tries, which I really hate. Give me LSU, Texas yeah. A&M uh, from a couple years ago every time because it's like this didn't make things any better or like quicker, really. Like. Yes, in the grand scheme of things, I suppose you're running fewer plays um, rather than stringing drive after drive together. But once we got to the third overtime and it, it was just two-point try, nothing else, they combined to go three for 14. And that is uh, 
That is an extremely tough scene. Um, Illinois is not going to care. This is a huge victory for uh, the program, but it's got to be a better way. This was like, this was a major upset while also somehow being the sickest game of the week. It is. It is. And especially when you dive deeper, like the, the stat line is just laughable in, in so many different ways. Like combined score of this game was the amount of yards that Illinois threw for. 38. Yeah. <laughs> and they somehow stuck in with Penn State, who was supposed to be a top 10 team, like a, a, a true contender in not only the Big Ten, but the country as one of the best teams. And they simply just could not do it. Then you'd look at it and say, well, you know, Illinois handled Nebraska pretty, pretty well at home. This was a road game. They were at Penn State. Like, there are zero excuses when it comes to this for, for Penn State. And, uh, you know, you, you got to wonder. I know, uh, I think it was Carson Palmer was fanning the flames of saying something like, Mike Tomlin is in talks, or is, is the name being thrown around for the USC job, which is just outrageous. But James Franklin is a name that's been out there a lot with a lot of these jobs. And maybe maybe a little of that creeps in, but also, like, if you're Penn State, you just got to play. Yeah, and Clifford very clearly not 100% from part of the game yeah. that I saw. Like, credits him for gutting it out because he was not on the radar at all throughout the week um, in terms of, like, first-team reps, um, any reports of that nature. And Penn State, throughout the season coming into this game, they had been more defensive-oriented. Sure, you've got John Dotson, and to his credit, Clifford has had a rather resurgent year. Um not being super high on him coming into the season, but this this game was, was more of the same, and uh, yeah, just all in all, a tough scene. But good, good for Illinois. Couldn't have bet it on bet on them if I wanted to, though. Because lucky you, laws make sense. <laughs> um, elsewhere, what probably should have been a game between two ranked teams: Iowa State uh, taking down Oklahoma State twenty four twenty one, which ties Texas for the most points anyone has scored against Oklahoma State this year. Credit once again to the Cowboys defense, but even with that performance against the likes of Brees Hall, still coming up on the short end of the stick here. Yeah, again, the the question is when can the offense truly click? Spencer Sanders was at his best that he has been this season in this game, and it still was not enough. 225 yards, three touchdowns, Biggest numbers, zero interceptions. Run game certainly was slowed down. Jalen Warren only going for 76 yards. But like you said, defense put put in a phenomenal game. You're playing a very good Iowa State team, one that is somehow under the radar despite being a preseason top 10 team, which is a very interesting combination at this point. But they, the defense stood stood tall, really played well against a good Iowa State team. And at the end of the day, the offense just couldn't get it done when they needed to. Yeah, and I mean, they just didn't have an answer for Brock Purdy, which is unfortunate because I know you're not super high on him. But uh, he he was the difference in this one. And Iowa State made yeah. some great plays defensively as well. But um, Sanders played extremely well. I think Purdy really upped his play for this particular game too. Um because he, he has had his struggles at times this year. Certainly, Brees Hall has not been on the same tear that he was last year. Um, but the combination of Birdie to, to Xavier Hutchinson was electric and just 
Oklahoma State couldn't figure out how to stop it in time. Um, Iowa State will be back in the rankings. Oklahoma State, this is not ideal, but I'd almost rather have this happen this week than be completely embarrassed in Bedlam once again because the schedule leading up to Bedlam is is really not all that bad. They've been through presumably the other tougher games that they've had against Baylor, against Texas. Um, I mean, nothing is better than your next game after a tough loss being at home against Kansas, which is exactly what's going to happen. Um, and then all very winnable games until you close the season against Oklahoma. So still lots to play for, still very much um, on the inside track to get an invitation to the Big 12 title game. Um, but not uh, not how you wanted this one to go. Now now Iowa State's got the head-to-head um, advantage over you where a win over Oklahoma in the season finale is going to be absolutely necessary if they want a shot at the Big 12 championship game. Right, and good news is that this looks like the most mortal Oklahoma team, at least in terms of this rivalry, in a very long time. One of the worst 8-0 teams in history, but... <laughs> They are right yeah. now. So there's that. They are. Uh, game day was out in LA. Pac-12 getting a little shine because there was basically nothing else to do. Um, game turned out to be a pretty good one too. Uh, Oregon had some lackluster play recently. This one they made interesting as well, but they were able to hold off UCLA 34-31 on the road. A uh, couple very interesting notes from this game, but I think the biggest story is after a lot of his struggles is Anthony Brown really had a strong bounce back game against the Bruins. Stat line won't necessarily show it, but yeah, you're, you're right. He, he played well. He played within himself for the most part, obviously two interceptions, um, but still 29 of 39, very good. 296 yards, something we really haven't seen since maybe early on in the season. And he picked up for, a run game that while producing five touchdowns really didn't get going, or at least not as much as you would like if you were Oregon. That said, defense played pretty well despite allowing 31 points. And and like you said, Brown controlled the offense and got things done for Oregon when they needed to. Uh, Oregon, I think is a team if Oklahoma didn't exist and, um, well, actually, that's going a lot of ifs down the rabbit hole. But basically, if Oregon was undefeated right now and the Ohio State game didn't exist, we would be speaking of them much the same way we do Oklahoma because they are just winning close game after close game, not always looking super dominant um, for the most part, and then played with fire a little too much and it cost them against Stanford. But yeah. um, they are still very clearly the the class of the Pac-12 have – really no competition in their own division. Um, and the the other interesting note from this one was uh, Travis Dye. 14 yeah. carries for 35 yards will not really jump out at you, but the four consecutive carries resulting in touchdowns might pique your fancy a little bit. Um, so that is uh, that's all about efficiency. I feel like that's more of a stat line you might see from a service academy, um, but... That's uh, that's the name of the game for for Travis Dye. So that is a that is a fun record he now holds. That is a uh, that's actually an Ernest Graham 
stat line right there. If I'm, if I may pull a, a very big throwback NFL call out here, you may. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a fun. That's you know, we like numbers here, <laughs> especially when they look ridiculous like that. So uh, keep them coming. And uh, of course, I had, I misspoke. Uh, as we always do, we overlook Oregon State. Um, Oregon has been known to do that a time or two as well. They are still tied with the Ducks atop the Pac-12 North, um, thanks to knocking off Red Hot Utah. So things are aligning for a potentially massive showdown in the Civil War at the end of the year if Oregon State can can keep pace. I think that's still a little bit more of a question mark than it is for the Ducks, but. So far, that's uh, something to potentially look forward to. The schedule is very tasty for the Beavers. At Cal, at Colorado, home for Stanford, and then they close with uh, Arizona State and obviously Oregon. Then, so the Beavs, the Beavs could be looking at a an eight and two record and and a ranking going into Arizona State. That would be something. Crazier things have happened, um, like Wake Forest this week scoring seventy points with. 17 minutes of possession. Yes. Uh, but yeah, speaking of service academies. Um, all right. Lastly, uh, in terms of big games from last week, uh, this was this was early in the week. This was before we had even recorded spread option last week. Well-traveled man by the name of Chase Bryce taking down Coastal. Um, game-winning field goals, time expired by Chandler Stanton, but 30-27 loss to App State. The, the Fun Belt is a very, very good conference. With all the realignment, it is probably going to be um, the closest thing that can claim a Power Six um, distinction. I mean, the American is, is just going to be a joke. But um, Coastal still had its eyes um, on a New Year's Six Bowl, but really just no chance of that happening now. And that's... Yeah, it, it is disappointing, especially considering the, I'll say, blatant disrespect that Coastal Carolina got last year. Um, we, we've talked about it. Oklahoma can go 8-0 and play a soft schedule, but if Coastal plays and tries to schedule up and play tough teams and do this and that and then went, runs the table in their conference, nothing nothing changes. They don't get any credit. They don't get any shine for it. So, um it's unfortunate, especially considering this was what, like a twenty some twenty game win streak that was broken? Or no, I'm sorry, they lost to Liberty, but they they had won something like eighteen of their last nineteen games coming into that one. So really disappointing for Coastal, but again, like you said, it it shows the the depth of the Sun Belt. App State has been a team that's been in and around and competing with a lot of teams. See Miami a couple of times. Troy's had a couple good seasons. Louisiana obviously played really well last year. Still quietly 6-1 and one this season, um, and they will be adding more. So it's a fun league to watch if, if no one is paying attention to it. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, kind of backtracking a little bit, but there's still time for us to get pre-med because um, I know that Cincinnati is going to be like eighth in the initial um, college right. football playoff rankings. Similar idea of what you're saying about Oklahoma. It's like just Cincinnati, and I don't think anyone's mind is like a small school, but they're just not going to get any sort of benefit of the doubt that Mm -hmm. a lot of these other teams are afforded. And that really grinds my gears. Not going to 
not gonna lie to you. It but does. that's uh that's college football. Uh we will just be shouting into the abyss forever and ever, or at least till they kind of fix the playoff a little bit. Um but if, if who knows when that'll playoff. be. Um, I'm elsewhere, just excited to see UTSA unranked at eight. Yeah, that'll be great. Or nine to know whatever well, they play. Tongue in cheek, yes. Um, because they are, they are dominating. They are just rolling teams. Uh, just rolled LaTeX 45-16, their first game as a ranked team, and will continue to climb. There's there's teams at the back end of the top twenty five. Um who could continue to climb. Um, but like, you know, SMU, San Diego State, UTSA, they'll keep climbing in the AP poll because more or less, I feel like voters are inclined to like, if you win, move up. If you lose, move down. Um, yeah. There are a couple people who I'm sure like read into things on a very, very deep level. Um, like, oh, you won, but not by enough. Um, but by and large, I feel like that's the rule. So that's why I feel like we always have this discrepancy, at least through the first week, um, of the CFP rankings coming out. Big difference um, between, you know, non-Power 5 schools, where they're ranked in the CFP rankings, where they're ranked in the AP poll, and then the next week the AP poll overcorrects, and then everyone just dump stock in UCF or Cincinnati or whoever yep. they had ranked highly so they can try to match better. And the cycle continues. Extremely unfortunate, but that is, un- that is the world we live in. Yes. Uh, extremely unfortunate that uh, Nick Rolovic was employed by Washington state, but he no longer is. Uh, we just missed this as we were recording last week's coaching carousel season is uh, it's starting. It is oh, yeah. uh it's real and it's spectacular. Um, so this is uh, this is not a guy who is in super high demand to begin with, but basically, like the hill he died on was he's not going to get vaccinated for really no reason, um, or at least no nothing remotely legitimate, um, and as a result, is no longer. Washington State's um, head coach. Really simple as there's a deadline in the state of Washington for state employees to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Came and went, um, and that was it. And I'm sure he will be sorely missed uh, from a job in which he managed to go five and six and four and five in the Pac-12. Yeah, it's in. No, it's it's a new level, I would argue, of incompetence. But uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to grind too many gears with this. You had a very clear deadline. You're arguably, you were probably the second highest paid employee in the state. Maybe, maybe at worst, top three. And you can't get a, a a shot to save your job and not affect the lives of you know a hundred student athletes, their families, your entire coaching staff, all of that. But hey, maybe maybe I'm a little too simplistic looking at it. I don't know. But in uh, actual actual football related news, Matt Wells also canned at Texas Tech. 
was uh was building up to it um yeah uh, matt wells is a, a little bit more surprising um just going back to Rolovic for a sec um this again if you may recall the same guy who was railing against pac-12 athletes having any sort of rights um when they came yes. out with that stand last year so kind of just consistently a d-bag um don't let the door hit you on the way up um matt wells a little bit surprising potentially to some. Um, I think those kind of more in the know regarding the the Texas Tech football program were, were more expressing their relief um, and kind of turning over a new page for the program. Um, and really, I do think it, it was this Kansas State game because it, it was kind of ridiculous how Texas Tech was able to lose it in the first place. Up 14 nothing before Kansas State even runs a single play from scrimmage. Had a 14-point lead in the second half as well. End up losing by one. Um, and you can, like, I think part of people's surprise is, all right, that loss stings. They're still 5-3. and three. You know, they're the winning record. Texas Tech may be slowly improving. Very small chance they make a bowl as the next four games are against ranked teams. And I think part of the timing of this is, you don't want him to fall ass backwards into a win um, at one of those points back right. into a bowl. And then you're talking about like, oh, building momentum for the program. Um, pretty clean break here. Um, a 7 and 16 in the Big 12 in two plus years. Just well-intentioned after uh, some of the good teams he put together at Utah State, but pretty clearly it's not working out. Yeah, it's same old same old i feel like in in lubbock and they really need a change of pace i imagine they're going to go back to another offensive minded guy but something's got to give at this point you know it will be hard to replicate the days of mike leach but at the same time you've got to imagine they should be better than this like th this just given the recruiting grounds alone texas tech should be in a bowl game every single year and the, the good news, if you want to uh, look at it that way for Washington State and Texas Tech, they're really not going to be going after the same candidates as the big jobs that we've already talked about. Um, at least they shouldn't be. You should be, you know, pretty self-aware. This is, this is better for them. Like it, it clears out the top candidates that maybe they thought they had a, a stretch goal of. And it really uh, allows those guys that are more attainable to to come to the forefront. Yeah, um, it's like James Franklin. He's not leaving Penn State for either of those uh, either of these schools. Let's just call it spade a spade. Um, but I, I think if you're if you're UTSA, you have some very very interesting candidates. And I mean, Jeff Trailer at UTSA would be. One of those, I would, uh, I would definitely call up right away, kind of gauge that interest. Um, there, there are a lot of good options on the set, like Billy Napier, another one at Louisiana. I know he's he's kind of not been super interested in SEC jobs, so maybe he's not going to be super into Texas Tech. Um, but I think that's a guy that you could. You'd give a call to it and kind of gauge interest. Really, the Sun Belt in general has been a great 
um, very fertile coaching ground for, for guys to come out to the SEC, um, the Big 12. Uh, I know Neil Brown's having his struggles at, at West Virginia, but I, that is where they got him from. Um, so I feel like Jane he could Orbell look – could be worth a call for both yeah. schools, actually. Yeah, exactly. I I can I can look you dead in the face and with a straight face and say, if you're Washington State, you probably want to give Kalen DeBoer a call. Um, still just the, the 67 and three record at lower levels of college still, it just blows my mind, um, to say nothing of his offensive coordinator prowess and what he's been able to do at Fresno state, but so, like a mountain West type is probably realistic for Washington state. Um, unless you want to go like the retread, uh, route, which right. doesn't really get anybody excited. Um, unless you're Illinois yeah. with Burt, but um exceptions are for every rule but yeah that's uh i i think what we're seeing this year with uh clay helton matt wells kind of maybe a little bit of an overcorrection the other direction um you know guys were given a little bit longer of a leash uh, especially through last year with all the uncertainty of the pandemic and this year it's like kind of almost belichickian like rather get rid of you a little too early or pretty much as soon as we think we might know during the season rather than just letting things play out. Um, right. So at least the the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you, you have a chance, you have the ability to, at this point, go hit reset on your program. Like don't, don't miss the opportunity. Indeed. Uh, week nine, we've got, Three ranked unranked matchups. We are back into maybe good football to talk about. We'll see. Um, maybe Penn State at Ohio State. Uh, two teams that could not be on opposite ends of the spectrum right now. Um, Penn State reeling. Ohio State is playing its best football of the season. Does Penn State have any hope here? They can bottle some magic from earlier in the season and find it. They they'll have a chance, but I I would imagine this one gets ugly pretty quick. Um, it will be what we had kind of anticipated Ohio State Oregon to be. Uh, I think that is the game we we should expect. I, I double digit easy win for the Buckeyes in this one. Yeah, I the same. I'm in. Ohio State is rolling. I know this too well. Um, I think Oregon, if anything, helped them refocus a little bit um, mm-hmm. and give them a little bit of a get rid of sort of the air of invincibility that players, right or not, might have been feeling. Um, but right, the offense is humming. Um, CJ Stroud, Aaron Henderson in the backfield, and two first-team All-American receivers. It's just. Penn State's defense is very talented. It's going to be too much for them. And then the other side of the ball, will Penn State be able to run at all um, is the question. And there's certainly been times this season when Ohio State's front has been vulnerable. They are much improved from Oregon game. um, And Penn State's rushing attack has been non-existent, certainly wasn't anywhere to be found uh, the last couple of games. So with the Buckeyes here as well. 
probably going to be a more competitive game. Michigan, Michigan State, um, six versus eight in East Lansing. First time since 1964, both these teams are in the top 10 for this game. Who are you riding with here? This is a tough one. I think Michigan has actually been very good this season. Um, they they struggled a little bit, but they've they've surprised. The run game has been extremely good. Passing attack has left little to be desired, but the defense has been solid. Michigan State is almost of the same build in that regard, but I feel like they've been less impressive in almost every game. I think we've talked about a few weeks past uh, now that they've just been in too tight of a game with teams they should be beating by more, or at least based on the accolades they're receiving or the praise they're receiving. That's what should be happening. Contrary to all that, I'm going to take Michigan State. I don't care who looks better, who looks worse at this point. I think when it comes to this rivalry game and two teams that look horrifyingly similar, I'm going to look at the run game and see who's better there. And I think that's Michigan State. And I think they will be able to control the clock a little more, uh, expect a low-scoring game in this one, and a lot, a lot, a lot of running. Yeah, it'll be a lot of running, certainly. Kenneth Walker, number one running back in the Big Ten, talked about him at length, Michigan State. Michigan's got Blake Corum at number two. They've got Hassan Haskins at number seven in the conference. Uh, It's a little bit of a two-headed monster, and it'll certainly be um, a lot of – Tellmucker, Jim Harbaugh, trying to establish the run. Whoever does that better, um, I think, will be able to win this game. Um, And, of course, if anyone can hit one or two big pass plays downfield to open things up, that'll make a world of difference. But I'm not going Mm -hmm. to, you know, completely rely on that. Um, Right. I'm going Michigan here. Um, You'd be pretty hard-pressed to find, like, a truly, truly impressive win um, to this point in the season on either team's schedule. Um, I think Michigan's done just a little bit more. Um, yeah, the say what you will, but Wisconsin can play good football at times. Um, and they manhandled them. And even like the Northern Illinois game has aged like a fine wine. Um, being able to to beat down the the Huskies like that. Michigan State has a blowout win over Miami, um, looking a little better after the Canes just beat NC State this past weekend. But oh no, it's this is really the first truly resume building opportunity for both teams, um, which kind of a little sad to say this late in the season. But both their schedules are incredibly backloaded um, because the Big Ten East is pretty loaded. Still both have to play Penn State, still both have to play Ohio State. Um, so it'll that'll change quickly. Um, but this is a great opportunity to separate oneself um, in state and just in the hierarchy of the division and, you know, still fighting for that playoff position. Um, all that being said, I'm going Michigan here. Um, this is a classic Harbaugh bounce back season just when you think all hope was lost. Um, he, he reels you back in. Um, and then you start seeing comparisons of Jim Harbaugh's record at Michigan against Coach X somewhere else who we all think is doing a great job. Um, so we go Michigan here. I think the the Telemucker run comes to 
and end this week. Whoever can throw the ball better, like you said, that that wins the game right there because both of these offenses, uh, 79th in the country in passing yards per game for Michigan State, 162nd for Michigan. Not very good. It's it's not great, um, but I don't know. I like I hesitate to say hope hope is coming, um, but there is JJ McCarthy, former Naz legends, waiting in the wings for Michigan. But we have said this before with Shea Patterson and others. Um, so yeah, can't truly believe it till I see it. Um, but yeah, right now still very run heavy um, for Michigan. But difference is it's working. Right. Uh, this program's favorite son, Bo Nix, returns once again. Uh, another top 20 matchup against Ole Miss, fresh off a two-touchdown win over Coach O and LSU. Um, Auburn is at home, so that sometimes makes a difference in the SEC. Are you putting your faith in Bo here? Um. No, I can't. It's I can't do it. Um, I'm gonna take Ole Miss. The defense looked pretty good last week. Granted, it was LSU, but the defense looked good for Ole Miss, and I think that was the piece that puts me over the edge here. Um, we said it time and again that Bo Nix is a quarterback that is primed to make mistakes. He really hasn't made a ton this year. Uh, this is probably probably the biggest game they've played i guess georgia but still this is this is the biggest one that's actually winnable because i don't think the georgia game was winnable for auburn but this uh this really gives them a chance to get into the conversation in the sec for a new year's six bowl all of that so this feels like where the the wheels come off and and the wagon goes tumbling down for auburn so i'm going to take matt corral and Ole miss here yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Ole Miss as well. Uh, I think this will be a good game. Now, um, this is yeah. I mean, at this point, A and M just throws a wrench into everything. Because um, I, yeah. I would like to just call this the clear battle for seconds um, in the SEC West. And at the end of the day, I think it still is because this A and M had a good week but I saw it coming, um, but they're still not up to the level of these two teams. Um, Ole Miss is just so much fun to watch under Lane um, mm-hmm. that it's it's just night and day between where the program was before he arrived, um, and I I honestly think that'll, that'll keep rolling. Um, There, Bonix will make some plays, but I think this will be, even though it's going up against Ole Miss, I think it'll be back to one of those 15 of 31, 185 yards uh, type performances. Um, I think Matt Corral is going to be far and away the best quarterback in this game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. If If we see, you know, Grim Reaper Bo Nix in this game, Auburn wins easily. But he has been that maybe a handful of times in his career, so I just don't see it happening. 
Yeah. Um, you, you almost you almost want that to happen, um, but I don't know. I, I just I can't I can't realistically. Um, See, picture that in my head. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, like, Bonex is almost definitely coming back next year, right? He has to. I can't okay. imagine. Mm. I, I I know NFL teams are dumb, and once you anoint someone as a guy, they're a guy, um, despite all of the evidence to the contrary. But I was just gonna say, if we we keep talking about Bonex, the revolving door of co coordinators, coaches. There is a chance if uh, Brian Harson could potentially pull a Nick Rolovic, um, Auburn set a deadline of December 8th, and if he just doesn't get vaccinated and is shown the door and Bonex has yet another new coach, we could still be just telling ourselves, like, <laughs> the, the man still has not had any continuity. We don't know if he's a good quarterback or not. Um, so... That's that's something I'm uh, going to be keeping an eye on as we get towards the end of the season. Um, won't affect this particular game, of course, but in terms of the Phoenix right. narrative at large, the revolving door could continue. Um, but he's he's going he's, he's going to get drafted. <laughs> Is he in there? He, there? No, he's not. Fortunately, okay. but the, the quarterbacks ahead of him aren't very convincing. Spencer Rattler's had a terrible year. I mean, Sam Howell it... has been pretty just a d disappearing act almost. Carson Strong's been okay at Nevada. Keaton Slovis, not really doing a ton at USC. Malik Willis has been okay at Liberty. Matt Corral's, th these three are the only ones who have really done anything. And it's not, I don't think, enough to, to get NFL teams to look at you, but it was Corral, Desmond Ritter, and Kenny Pickett. Yeah, it's Kenny Pickett for me. Can't quit Pitt. Just another another uh, scoop of dirt onto Dabo Sweeney's grave at Clemson. That was fun. Um, yeah, and that like I can I can agree with your sentiment that you know none of those guys really jump off the page quite as much. I still think Sam Howell will be pretty solid. Um, it's just, I think we overestimated his ability to handle carry a team. all of, yeah, all of his backs and receivers leaving. Um, but yeah, um, I, I can admit that, but also I don't think that makes Bonix any closer to um, being in that group, but. But that makes it a conversation now of like, does Bonix go or does he stay? Because there's yeah. a real this this probably is and will be a real conversation. Like, hey, who's better than you in this draft? Like, can you point to someone definitively? Maybe one or two guys, and then you basically have to hope he has a good pro day. And all of a sudden, he's shooting up the draft boards. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Is it that appealing to like go and be buried? third string on somebody's roster. It's in your heart of hearts, there is just a negative percent chance that, that Bo Nix would win a starting job somewhere or like, I don't know, win a backup job. I, I don't know. I can't see it. 
Um, this will be bulletin board material in audio form uh, for him. So doing my part there, but um, yeah. he could do a lot to help himself this week. Like his uh, roundabout way of, of what we're getting at here. Yeah. I think I, if he wins this game, I think at the end of the day, you can kind of be like, well, he, he shows up in the big games. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I... his record would be. <laughs> Part of me thinks it'd be under 500, but at the same time, like, when you think of the big moments for Bo Nix, it's always in a big game. It's when, well, it's 100% anecdotal. Yeah. I like, I don't know if the number crunching would, would bear that out in a way that helps his case too much. But yeah, certainly when you, um, just coming right onto the scene from day one, um, the, the good Bo Nix that we remember is from, from big games. Um, so big opportunity here on the plains. Um, Ole Miss, playing as well as anybody not named Georgia in the conference. Um, so this would be one heck of a win if he can get it. But we are on the other side of this one. But stranger things have happened. Most notably a 2018 game in nine overtimes. Yes. Um, that, will, uh, that will do it for us this week. We've got spread option coming Later in the week, uh, we'll talk about these three games and I'm sure about 25 to 30 more. Um, and then we will be back next week um, to talk about week nine and uh, probably get into some college basketball talk as well. So have that to look forward to and we will see you next week.